welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. If you have a Bible today, can you open it up to Acts 3? I'm going to open my Bible right now to Acts 3. And it is Mama's Day. Um, I don't have a Mother's Day message per se because we are in the middle of this series and Pastor Jake just felt like we should keep speaking into that we are a church. But as, as women, as wives, as moms, we are part of the church. So our role is very valuable in this season and, and in the days to come in being a, in being a godly wife and being a godly mother and being a godly woman um, for the Lord as we give our lives to him. But Pastor Jake last week talked to us again about we are the church. You know, we are the church. We are the church. We are the church. And some of you probably are getting tired of hearing that we are the church, but we're going to just keep saying it until you get it. But Pastor Jake spoke to us last week about being the church, how we have been called out. He talked about church being the ecclesia. He talked about how the spirit of the Lord is upon us for such a time as this. God's spirit is upon you. In this hour, the word of God says, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. He's anointed you to preach the good or to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the, to heal the brokenhearted. And one of the things that he said was, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He said, I know, guys, I keep talking about Jesus. And guess what? I'm going to keep talking about Jesus, 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 because I love Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I know how much Jesus loves me. And I know how much Jesus loves you. And we're just going to keep speaking the name of Jesus because there is nothing greater than the name of Jesus. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the Lord of the Father. You know, and many people know Jesus as their Savior, but they don't necessarily know that Jesus is their Lord. And that's very different that, you know, we don't want to just get through life and just, well, I'm going to heaven, you know, and that's, thank God, you know, we're going to heaven. Thank God that we have, we, we have confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But as we, or as we make him our Lord, it is it's something so different because we are surrendering our lives to him. So we're going to keep saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you may proclaim the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has called us out of something into something. He didn't just call us out, but he has called us into something. And that's something Pastor Jake was talking about last week. God has called us out for this hour. God is speaking to his people all across the nations to wake up to arise, that there is revival happening all around the land, and you just have this sense, and you can see that a holy army is rising, yes, in uncertain times, yes, in strange times, yes, through trials and tribulations. You can just see that the church is advancing, local churches from all over the world, and you know, when we're saying the church, we are a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are a part of something so much bigger then sometimes we can see we are the church. You are the church. Church isn't something that we do. This is who we are. And that is our prayer and our hope that even through this series that we get that, 
that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, that we would know the hope of our calling. And one of the hopes of our calling is that we are part of the church. This is not something we do, but that there is a shift happening, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God, that this is no longer something that we do, but this is who we are. Amen? Text somebody today and say, Amen. Okay. So we're going to read Acts 3 today, starting in verse 1. And it says, Now Peter and John went together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. I love this story. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, okay, like the song said when we were, when we were little, Walking and leaping and praising God, he stood up, walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. He was walking, he was leaping, and he was praising God, and all the people saw him. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder. And they were filled with amazement at what had happened. You know, before this had happened, we know that Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose again. Jesus also said, if you go read your Bible, if you don't know this, if you go study the ends of the Gospels, that Jesus said it was better that he would go, that the Holy Spirit could come. The Holy Spirit, which is our teacher, our advocate, the comforter, would come. And they, and they waited for this promise of the Holy Spirit. So right before this, if you go and read in Acts 1, you go and read Acts 2, and we'd encourage you to do that. We did a series on this last year. But you can see where they waited in an upper room for 10 days for the promise of the Holy Spirit to come. If you go look, you know, I would encourage you, get on your computer and go look at what the upper room actually looked like. It was not big, you know. This was not like a church this was not like a giant auditorium. This was not like a stadium. It was literally a room in a house, the upper room. They were so hungry and they were so thirsty for this promise that they waited in the upper room um, for the promise of the Holy Spirit. God is doing something in houses. That's why I'm saying that. God is doing something supernatural in houses. And like Jake said from that meme last week that the enemy's like, I've shut down every church. And Jesus says, no, I've just started a church in every house. God has started a church in your house. There is miracles happening in your house. The presence of God is in your house. And you say, well, the presence of God has always been in my house. Yes, the presence of God has always been in your house. And God wants you to know that even in a greater way that God wants to meet you and meet you, and meet you, and perform his goodness, and his miracles, and his wonders in your home. There's things that are happening in houses in this season for the glory and the honor of God. So the Holy Spirit was on the scene, and they'd received the power. So they're in the gate, beautiful, and, 
you know, something that happens when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, it gave them eyes to see. It gave them ears to hear. This man, so it says, and who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I, what, what I do have I give to you. What I do have. What do we have? And I want to pose that question to you today. What do we have? We are the church. Called for such a time as this. What do you have? I want to leave you with that question for a moment, but I want you to back up just a few more scriptures. So it says in uh, Acts 2.46, and we read this scripture a lot. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Say house to house. Say it again. Say house to house. House to house. God is doing things from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. In some translations, it says with generous hearts. You know, if you go look up that word, uh, simplicity of heart, it's the word, and forgive me for saying it wrong, uh, alphitus. Oh, that doesn't sound very good. I did alphatos. There we go. That sounds a little bit better, doesn't it? You can go ahead and laugh at me. I'm laughing at myself in... Um, but that literally means, um, it means simple. It means uncomplicated. It means unencumbered, uh, unencumbered, pardon me. It means a heart that is smooth, a heart that is not rocky, but is smooth. And you know, that just, when I, when I hear words like simple, when I hear words like not complicated, when I hear words like unencumbered, doesn't that just make you think about the season that we are in? Doesn't that just make you think of the times that we are in? We are in a simple season. And I know for some of us, it has been a crazy season. It has been for us too in, in many ways. But, and I get that, and I have a heart for that, and we are praying for you. Um, but in many ways, hasn't it? It has been a season where we have had time to reflect. We have had time to sit. We have had time to have, have perhaps, uh, maybe not more time per se, but there has been a, a places in my heart that have had greater capacity because things have been more simple and the Lord's been able to talk to me about, you know, just certain things in my life and, you know, and I've just had greater time to allow God to do things in my heart, in my life. But simplicity of heart, generous heart, uncomplicated, that sounds like the season that we are in. And I can't help but to think after how the power of the Holy Spirit came. Can I just pause for a minute? Jake, it's really distracting me. I'm sorry. Just like, sorry. I've been just hoping that you would stop. It's okay. I just, it's, yeah. But just the simplicity of heart, just the uncomplicatedness um, of this season. Oh, totally off. Sorry. It was just really distracting me. But I can't help but think after the power of the Holy Spirit came, it was then that they begin to, you know, you go back and they begin to break bread in their houses. It seems to be like now, you know, it says, in continuing daily with one another in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with 
gladness, and simplicity of heart. And then you see that Peter and John met the man at the gate beautiful and said, silver and gold have I none, but what do I have? What do I have? I want you to look at 2 Kings 4. And just think about that thought for a minute. What do I have? Just look at your neighbor, look at your family today. Say, what do you have? What do you have? God has given us all something, somethings in this season for his kingdom. He's given us all something, something in this hour. Everything that we need to accomplish in this season, God has already put it on the inside of us. He's created us. He's created you. He's anointed you. He's equipped you and equipping you. He's prepared you and he's preparing you in this season for his plans and his purposes. But I want to read 2 Kings 4 because there was a phrase in here that seemed very similar to me in the book of Acts. And it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what to do in this house. And she said, uh, your maidservant has nothing in this house. Or pardon me, he said, tell me what do you have in this house? He said, what do you have in this house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. She said, that's all I got is a jar of oil. She didn't think anything about what she had. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere from um, your neighbor's empty vessels, do not gather just a few, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you. And your sons then will pour it in all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Elisha came to her and said, what do you have? God sent a man to ask this woman and said, what do you have in your house? And you know what? She, she leaned in and she listened, and she thought, hmm, well, I have this. You know, and I believe that God sent Elisha to her to show her what she had in her house. And she was willing to use what seemed ordinary, but through her obedience, through her willingness to use what was ordinary, God made it extraordinary. God wants to use things in your house. What do you have in your house? What do you have in your heart? What do you have as a skill set? You know, what do you have in your, um, what do you have in your hands that might just look ordinary? It might not look like much to you, but as God shows you to use what you have that might not seem like much to you, it might not look significant to you, but God wants to use it, and he's putting things on your heart, and I, and I believe that he's speaking to some of you about things that he's been talking to you that you've just disregarded as ordinary. But God said, no, 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 no. You are the church. 
I have called you for such a time as this. And that is me speaking to you. That is me asking you to use what doesn't seem like enough. But if you will just surrender that to me, I will take what is ordinary and make it extraordinary. And you can see here that it was more than enough. It said um, in, that her sons would live on the, they lived on the rest. This is the season where God just so wants to pour out his grace um, on our lives. He wants to pour, he's pouring out his grace on lives all around the world to, to reveal that he's true, to reveal that he is supernatural, to reveal that he's mighty, to reveal that he's powerful. You know, you can see in Acts 3, if we go look at that again, and I won't, I'm not going to look there. Um, but there's a little bit of a difference from this. Well, there's a lot of a difference, but I saw something different from this story to the other story. So we, have, we see the power of the Holy Spirit at work in Peter and John's life. They had just waited in the upper room. They, they, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And if you go read the book of Acts, it happened again. God didn't send someone to Peter and John saying, you know, when they walked past the man at the gate, what do you have? What did they say? But what I do have. Did you get that? See, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Lord's just going to begin to talk to us about what we do have. And like I said a few moments ago, God is already speaking to you. And for some of you, he has been speaking to you and you have obeyed him. And well done. May we continue to have ears to hear. May we begin to have greater eyes to see and hearts that just beat to obey and honor the Lord in this season, to bring blessing to the world around us that people would see Jesus. People need Jesus. People need the church. People need you. They need your heart. They need your love. They need your attention. They need your anointing. They need your grace. The two most important questions, well, I was told this from my pastor in Calgary, all the time he would say this, two most important questions. Who am I and where am I going? And I'd like to add a third question to that. So we have who am I, where am I going, and what do I carry? What do I have? What do I have? And I want you to think about that for a moment. Maybe if you have a pen and paper, just write it down. Or maybe ask the Lord to show you this week. What do I have? Do I have some oil in my house? Maybe I, have, maybe I have some flour. Maybe I have a sewing machine. You know, maybe I have an ability to fix cars. Maybe I have a gift of encouragement where I could encourage people. Maybe I just have a heart to pray for people and I could reach out and pray for people. Maybe I could just go take coffee to people and just have distance visits and just be their friend because I like one-on-one -on -one time. What do you have? Because, friends, what happens is is when we all play our part, we, the job gets done. And what's the job? Being the people of God called out of darkness into his glorious light, you know, to show forth his praises. This is, this is the new normal. You know, I, I read something from someone the other day. Can we just quit saying this is not the new normal? This is not the new normal. And it was on a Facebook group, and I just kindly said, well, you can quit. You can you can." Keep saying this is not the new normal, but it's not going to not make it the new normal. This is the new normal. And truthfully, with a lot of it, I am glad that it is happening because there is a shaking happening 
inside of people's hearts and lives. Like it says in Hebrews 12, that God's going to shake things. He's going to shake things. He's going to shake me. He's going to shake you until all that is left, all that remains is him. And he's doing that all around the world. Would we just lift up our eyes and see what God is doing all around the world? Yes, there's things that are troublesome. Yes, there's things that are hard. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. But if we lift up our head just a little bit higher, if we lift up our eyes to see God is moving. God is here. God is awakening hearts. God is showing himself strong, and he's calling the church to arise. Would you be the church? Would you take time this week to ask the Lord, what do I have? Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.